Welcome to the Cybersecurity and Cloud Podcast, the podcast where we learn from cybersecurity experts how to stay safe, private, and secure on the cloud and in code. CSCP is hosted by Francesco Cipollone, your cybersecurity friend with a passion for all things cyber and sharing stories of other professionals with you. This episode is sponsored by AppSec Phoenix, the next generation application security platform, enabling organizations to run application security programs in a smart way. Visit www.appsecphoenix.com to learn more. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Cybersecurity and Cloud Podcast. This is your host, Francesco, and this is the second episode with uh, Greg Vandergast. This is the second part of the episode. If you haven't listened to the first part, I highly suggest you go and listen to the first part. And in this particular segment, we are discussing, we're going a little bit more in depth about his role about um, as an executive. Uh, and if you don't know who Greg is, he wrote a nice book uh, about information security, barrier breaker, and how to grow an InfoSec community and an InfoSec role and rethinking InfoSec. Um, I hope you enjoyed this second episode. We had a lot of fun recording. This is your host, Francesco. Enjoy. It's always better to say, you know, typically you've got like 15 minutes per quarter with the board, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm, I'm lucky enough that I grabbed our, our VC and she offered to buy me a, a cup of coffee. So I'm going to get an extra half hour to explain stuff just to her. But you're going to have so many things you want to communicate in such a small amount of time. And you just kind of have to let, if you, if you work really hard, they will hear about your success. You know, even if it's just a casual mention once a month or something, your name pops up in a conversation. That's all you need. Okay, you, you have to condense. You're way better off understating and being very modest as to what you're doing than, than being hyperactive and screaming and, and crying wolf, which is what I think a lot of security people do. They're very, very alarmist, and it's, it's, it's the boy crying wolf thing. It's, it just loses credibility. So we're not we're not terrifying anymore the board, but between that and making them aware, which which option would you prefer? So as you said, you dropped the board, you were there, you just say we we just saw one of the many issue, and yeah. you cannot just make them aware. But between that and being scaremongers, there's no there's no point in scaring them. They don't want to be scared. They want to know that they we have issues. Yes or no? Are you fixing them? Yes or no? That's all they care about. Mm -hmm. You know, when when people say the board doesn't care about risk, they're like. That's their job. Uh, that, that, that is an absolutely ridiculous statement to say the board doesn't care about risk. Uh, and then they rant and rave and you know they throw all these technical terms and stuff and I need this much money for that, 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 that. It's like you're, you're communicating so poorly that the, job, the, the board is actually doing its job when they're saying no to you. Their hmm. job is, is also, there's a due diligence component to their job. And you've basically just demonstrated to them that you are unable to understand and communicate the business to them. So why should we give you a million pounds to supposedly secure a business you don't understand? So 
shall we up the communication game of cybersecurity people? Shall we stop doing technical stuff and doing more communication and stressing that, stressing that as a theme? I, I think it's a pyramid. You got to do your foundations first. And the, the tech is more towards the top of that pyramid. Um, the communication is absolutely essential to do the basic stuff, um, to create that foundation, a program to get the support, to get the budget you need. But, you know, when I say budget you need, budget you truly need. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think it's very important. And even the technical basics, the stuff like, you know, provisioning clean systems, getting the right configurations uh, pushed out, hardened, uh, doing your patching. These are all really easy technical things that don't have a big cost associated to them tooling-wise. But quick win. No one does. Yeah, but no one does them properly. Everyone says, "Yeah, yeah, we do patching. Yeah, yeah, we do provisioning. Yeah, yeah, we do configuration." And then you look at the actual systems across the estate, and they are crap. And there's like ten percent of the IT that they're not even aware of. And those individual basics are really, really easy to do. The challenge is to do them holistically across the entire enterprise. And you will not be able to do that until you have communication and collaboration established with the stakeholders to actually discover what's going on about your business. And that's when security becomes a fantastic business enabler and business discovery tool because you actually have to assemble the complete picture of of the organization to, to do your job. Uh, and, and you'll actually find out about all kinds of business processes in different departments and, and synergies that have nothing to do with security that you can then report back to the business. Like, by the way, did you know that HR is doing this and marketing is doing that and they could use the same system, but we're using two separate things? Um, you, you have, so you, you get all these extra benefits that you can contribute back to the business. I, I like the business, business, a security investigation as business discovery. It's like, yeah. you, know, you had this line of business <laughs> that you weren't aware of. <laughs> Because you, you have to figure out how things work if you yeah. are to build, if you do not interface with the people, you don't understand the business processes, and you cannot build security around those processes. Otherwise, you know, if you don't look at them, I mean, you've got 10,000 plus people, and you've got hundreds of departments, they're going to solution their own stuff left and right until you build a relationship with them where they trust you to show you everything they've got where you understand what they're actually doing so you, you can ask the right questions. Like, well, you told me you're doing this, this, and this. What are you actually doing? Or what are you actually using to do that? And that's when they open the broom closet. It's like, well, we've got these four servers here. Like, <laughs> okay. You know, and now I can go and, and you know what? Let's start a quick project. Let's move those servers to the data center and then we'll, we'll put them the support and management wrapper, security wrapper around them. Uh, and they're like, yeah, that's fine. As long as you can do it without disrupting our business. Like, you know, don't worry, we'll take care of that. Uh, so yeah, until so, until you get involved with the people in the business, you're not be able. You won't even know what you're supposed to be securing, and that's why so many people fail on the basics. All these big breaches you see is like there's a missing patch or a misconfigured HTTP server. There's always something stupid. So why why as IT we can keep on getting away with this? I mean, if if you propose this to to somebody that builds a bridge and builds a bridge with all these holes, the bridge will collapse. Yeah. Why do we keep on... on? Well, you, you hit the nail on the head. And I think IT is actually, you know, if you have to build a web server and it, a web application or whatever, and it doesn't work, if the phone starts ringing, you know, you, you, you can get away with saying, you know, like IBM that charged like 10 million pounds to develop a website for some government ministry and then it, it doesn't work and it falls over. 
uh, they can get away with it. But most of us in IT couldn't. Uh, but that, that's functional because you see you see that something's been done wrong. You know, uh, the bridge is a really good analogy because if the bridge falls down, you definitely know something was done wrong. If your web server keeps falling down, people know something's been done wrong. But security-wise, how do you know the security people are, are actually watching the logs or, or hardening stuff? People only feel the, the functional stuff. As long as the web server is up and running, no one knows whether you're bothering to patch it or to monitor it or your logging or any of that. Uh, and, and I think that's part of why security has gotten away with being really, really sloppy. Mm. So shall we shall we push the industry on more visualization, on, on, on big, big in visualization? And, and I always push every of my organization to, to the work with to visualize the state of your estate because only at that point you can operate with confidence. I think, yeah, I think visualize anything that helps you communicate is a really, really good thing. Uh, I'm more on the, you know, like it's almost like the, the emotional side for me. It's, you know, I, I just try really hard all the time. And I think people see that and that communicates confidence. And then they listen when you have to say something. Um, but if, if you need, if you want to communicate more on the technical level, and that would be a good one of the things I struggle with because of that approach is, is metrics. Um, but, you know, fortunately, the, the buy-in is, is so good that I'm not really, you know, uh, give, give me a, a 1 to 10 and they're happy with that, uh, with maybe five minutes of context. But and that's, that's absolutely fine. I think the, the important is, like, we, we're all different as we were, we were discussing. It's like yeah. the approach doesn't matter. It's the result that does matter. It, Exactly. And you may, you know, you may be dealing with uh, a CIO or a CO who really wants, you know, a graphical illustration. In that case, you have to put more, more effort into that. Yeah, I think, yeah. But it's your emotional intelligence that kicks in at that, uh, at that time and, and, and understand the situation and the context awareness so, so that you deliver exactly what the other person wants and you know what button to press. But that, that goes back to the communication aspect to dealing with human that we, don't seems to have, and maybe yeah. maybe social engineering will help us in that. <laughs> All right, and it's it's. I hear like people hacking and uh, and you know communication tactics and this and that, and I'm like, I just I, I just call it care. Like I think if you just care, because I don't like how you know people hacking sounds very manipulative to me. It's like oh, how to get people to do what you want? Just just be really nice to them. <laughs> to you back it's really that simple and the analogy as i give is like when you're 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 trying to merge into traffic and like two people are, are fighting for the position if you just wave at the other person say go on in please they're, they're all surprised and they smile at you and they wave oh thank you and then if, if you know 200 meters down the road you have to now get into that lane and it's that person right there and you're like sorry can i get back in this lane they'll be like yeah sure come on in they'll be happy to help you back you know and why, why have that negativity where you're both angry and fighting and nothing gets done? You both have a positive experience. I mean, you let someone in and they let you in afterwards. So nothing was lost or nothing was gained, but you're both left with a positive experience that makes you want to repeat that and to work together as opposed to fighting against each other all the time, which is what we do uh, in IT and especially in security. There's so much negativity and blame culture. 
This episode is brought to you by the generosity of AppSec Phoenix Limited. AppSec helps startups and enterprises solve complex software security problems by using smart data aggregation and complex machine learning software. Discover how AppSec Phoenix helps CISO and developers remove friction and maximize the use of DevSecOps professionals at www.appsecphoenix.com. AppSec Phoenix is the new and smart dev first way to manage your software vulnerability. Follow the tag, hashtag AppSecSmart. So maybe maybe we're too defensive. We're coming from from a perspective when we had to defend our position constantly because people didn't believe or didn't realize. But now I think we are in a very different situation where people are still listening to us, and then we don't know what to say other than angry rants. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, I, again, it's been more than two decades. I can't even remember where how things were when I started. But uh, yeah, just I feel like people have a general awareness. About security now, they know it matters, and, and a lot of times they're making mistakes, but they're genuine mistakes. They don't realize that they're doing something insecure. Um, so it's, but but they are aware of security, so it's much easier to to guide them and to re, to redirect them. But no, I love not, I love the statement. I love the statement and and stopping witch hunt when whenever an incident happened. I don't know if you if you had the pleasure or the displeasure to deal with an incident, but whenever an incident happened, there is a lot of emotional response and trying to calm uh, the folks down and and trying to have a rational discussion. Of, okay, let's understand the problem rather than let's let's put somebody somebody at the stake. It's yeah. really hard because we need to reckon that we are all human beings. Yeah, exactly. I think you know the what the guy sees, uh, you know, the user is the weakest link in the chain. Blah blah blah. I just don't feel that way. I feel like they're doing their job. We're supposed to do our job. They are a link in the chain. I think they're the first link in the chain if you look at it. And they're also in many ways the new perimeter. Uh, people get to them by phishing attacks and that kind of stuff. Uh, but when you see big breaches. And, you know, when absolutely everything got compromised, and it's because you know, Dave in marketing clicked on a phishing email, and then there was a, a massive breach, and the whole data center is compromised, and millions of customer records are gone. As I go, it's Dave's fault. Like, well, Dave clicked on a link, and he, he gave his credentials to somebody, which would have been completely useless had you enabled MFA, but you didn't. And then the attacker got... You know, local access as Dave on his laptop, and he was able to privilege escalate himself to admin because you didn't harden Dave's image. And then Dave, mm. from there, you managed to scan your network, install tools on Dave's machine, compromise your gateway because you didn't secure it, get through your firewall because your rules were crap, compromise your routers because they had default passwords, and then you know go through your entire data center because every single one of your 500 servers is missing 18 months worth of critical patches. But we blame Dave. Like, sorry, security people, but what the hell were you doing? Yeah, it's it's easy to blame rather than to actually go back and try to understand whose fault is. is. And then people are like, I I have this rule now. It's it's like the the root cause of the frustration rule. If I get frustrated trying to do something, it's because I am doing something wrong. I'm either... Like, there's, there's a root cause to this that's causing me this frustration. So whatever I'm trying to do, I put it aside. And I go work on what's the cause here. I'm I'm trying to get something patched, and I can't get the IT guys to patch it. And I'm hammering at the IT guys. I'm like, come on, guys! Like, it's 
been three weeks that I've been asking to patch the server, blah, blah, blah. And it's, and it's just not working. So let me stop that. We'll see them. It's like, what exactly is it that makes it so difficult for you guys to patch a server? And how can I help you make that easier for you? Or how can I offload that from you? Or can I, you know, can I build a business case to get you better tools? Can I, can I provide some resource to you? What, what can I do? Uh, instead of just complaining that all oh, the IT guys aren't doing it. There's always a reason for it. And if you have that kind of root cause thinking that proactive, what's, what's behind this kind of thinking, very few people have that. So just, just go and, and sit with the other people and, and apply that thinking for them for out of their situation. Because if you help them do their job, they can then help you meet your objectives. So never, whenever you get frustrated, it's because you're doing, you're not addressing the root cause. You're not addressing it the right way. Uh, and sometimes it's your own fault, and that's fine. Like, just park your your ego for a second and, and learn, uh, you know, learn from it, and and then you you manage to beat that challenge, and then you can put your ego back on and you know <laughs> feel like a badass on your way home because you finally got the job done. Sure. So if if I ask you to comment one of the news of of the week, I think the Capital One breach has has gone forward. The the infosec drama uh, again there was strong. I think Page has been indicted for a couple of things. So what, what do you think about the whole story about Capital One without mentioning uh, what's happened there? I, I think it was uh, what was it? Just an S3 container. It was just a. It was just a company. Well, she, she basically had access to stuff she she couldn't. She wasn't supposed to. And it was well. First of all, it was a very strange person. <laughs> she was a very strange lady. Uh, but again, we're, we're back to fundamentals. This is nothing that needed, you know, really advanced, expensive network monitoring tools or any, any of that. Um, this was basic access controls, basic, you know, 35 year old security concepts that should have been translated and, and applied to the cloud space. It, it's all about that engagement. Everything, every one of your business units and, and teams does follow their business process, follow their, the, the data flow of that process. What are they touching? How is it manipulated? What systems process it? And then make sure that every point along that chain is, is reasonably secure. And you know, they obviously didn't have the correct access controls around their S3 container and it got out. Or someone got in and got the stuff out. These are basic things. It's just about yeah. applying them holistically. That's all it is. That's 99% of security. I mean, yeah, there's, there's some really advanced threat vectors like not pet you and stuff. It's going back to doing the basic stuff as you just yeah. as you said before. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the the really advanced, you know, custom state-sponsored. You know, every time there's an attack, like sophisticated, potentially state-sponsored attack, like, like dude, it's a buffer overflow from like a three-year-old vulnerability. It's not, it's not really sophisticated. Ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of the time, it's really, really basic. So before we close off, and and uh, uh, I think we we covered a couple of questions from from the team. Uh, do you want to give like ten seconds? Uh, Positive message about cybersecurity, what's coming? Uh, we're not all bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're not all good, we're not all bad. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think, I think you know, a level of care and humility is, is really important. I think that communication is really important, that, that kind of servant leadership mentality. I get praised so much for being like a security leader, uh, like that whole, uh, like, I, I still feel kind of uh, awkward receiving that title. I, I can have quite a bit of an ego, but at the same time, fairly humble in, in awkward ways. 
No, but I think more and more people are, are communicating that message. Uh, I'm communicating that message. Uh, I know you just had a tiff with, with Kevin Fielder, but he's one of the guys communicating that message. <laughs> uh, I, I think you are as well. I don't know you as well, but I, I get that feeling. And more and more people are listening and they're open-minded to it. And I, I think it's still a very, if there is a skills gap, it's that security leadership, it's that security engagement, it's that level of, of care about the organization, about people. I talk about it as much as I can, so I really appreciate the, the opportunity to, to be on the, on the podcast. I welcome you to come again and discuss some more uh, about, uh, we can touch base about open opinion and, and, and other stuff and, and, and look at retrospective what's happening. I don't want to comment on. Yeah. Greg, I, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. If I may, I just want to say it's a very small minority that, that has this way of thinking, but people are interested and it's, it's growing. It's growing fairly quickly. So I'm hoping in a few years we're going to be in a much, much better place. Um, I'm sure we are. And we're going to have new problems there, appears. <laughs> anyway, thank you. Thank you very much, Greg. Thank you, everybody, for, for listening to this. Thank, thank you, Greg. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and post it on social media tagging Cybersecurity Cloud Podcast for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Discover other episodes at www.cybersecuritypodcast.com. 